0: Thank you for joining us on today's foundational podcast. Before we get to today's episode, I just want to let you know that Dr. Hackett's latest book, Willing, Doing Whatever It Takes, is available for order on Amazon in both paperback and Kindle. This book is a journey through his life and how God has used him in all of his years of ministry. You can find the links to order the book, Willing, in today's show notes. Now for today's broadcast. Welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. You know, God seems to delight in doing the unexpected in human lives. Has has anyone besides me noticed that? He seems to delight in that, doing exactly what you don't expect. Well, example, Abraham and Sarah. He's 99. He's 99. She's... 89 and God says, Abe, you're gonna have a boy this time next year. <laughs> Tell me that wasn't unexpected. <laughs> and they did. He's a hundred, she's ninety when they have when they have their first child together. Wow, that's not expected. How about the children of Israel? They're they're slaves living in absolute poverty. And God comes and says, I'm going to set you free. You're not going to have to raise a finger. You won't have to go to war with Egypt. I'm going to set you free. And by the way, you're going to leave here rich. Stomping mud. Uh Uh-huh. We've been here 400 years. What do you mean? They left Egypt. They plundered Egypt financially. When the Egyptian army came after them to destroy them, they went across the Red Sea on dry ground. The Egyptian army drowned in the same place they had just crossed on dry ground. Come on. Amen? Who would have expected that? I mean, When you're a military general, that's not how you plan it, you know? (laughs) How about this? Israel is hiding their enemy, the Philistines, have their giant, their their number one warrior, nine foot nine inches coming out each day, challenging, come on, send me out your best man, come on, send me out your best man, right? Right? A 16-year-old comes out. A redhead. (laughs) True story. A redheaded Israeli. Don't expect that. He comes out. The giant's going, are you kidding me? You sent... Who would have expected? That shepherd boy kills the giant. Come on, amen? Amen. Becomes the mighty warrior for Israel. Who expected that one, right? Come on, give God a praise. That's all right. (laughs) God, God just delights to do the unexpected. Now, it's never more so than in the life of a couple named Zacharias and Elizabeth. Now, again, they're past the years of having kids, way past the years of having kids. He's a priest from the tribe of Abiyah. The once-in-a-lifetime opportunity comes to him. doesn't come to every priest, but it came to him to serve in the holy place to bring incense to the golden altar. What a privilege. And his time comes family's excited, all the relatives are excited. What an honor Zacharias gets to go in to the and, and the excitement and the anticipation, it's hard to describe it to you because there's nothing in our culture that that matches that. It's just this incredible, incredible privilege. The day comes, he's all prepared. He's gone through the washings. He's got his garments just right. He gets the incense. He goes into the holy place. He's getting ready to put the incense on the altar, and suddenly someone else is in the room. Nobody else is supposed to be in the room. It's only supposed to be him. He is stunned. He's even more stunned when he finds out it's an angel And not just your average, ordinary, run-of-the-mill angel. It's Gabriel. And Gabriel goes, don't be afraid. I've got news for you. Liz is going to have a baby. You're going to call him John. Zach is in shock. (laughs) And his answer I don't think is a great surprise. I don't think it would be any different from you or me. He goes, how do I know you're telling me the truth? And Gabe, I love this. Here's the answer from Gabriel. I am Gabriel that stands before God. Okay. Okay. And he says it's going to happen here's how you'll know you're going to be mute until john is born you'll get your voice back when you say name him john (laughs) he goes out he finishes his service in the holy place all this is going on the whole crowd of worshipers, hundreds and hundreds of worshipers in the courtyard of the temple, they're all waiting because it's like taking forever. <laughs> and you've got the high priest and the other priest looking, rather going, What is going on? What is Zach doing in there? What is going on? Finally, he comes out and he's getting this look from them, like, What are you doing? And he can't say anything. Finally, it dawns on all the other priests and the high priest. He's met with God. Something's happened, right? Well, make a long story short Elizabeth does get pregnant. They do have the baby, it's a baby boy. They name him John, right? because he is going to be God's messenger to prepare the way for the coming of Messiah. I mean, you talk about something important. That's incredible. But watch this. That's not all. Six months later, same angel comes back to earth again. When Gabriel visited Zacharias... And Elizabeth, it was in the city of Jerusalem, right? They they lived in Moen, which was outside of Jerusalem, a short ways and a little bit south in Judah. This time, Gabriel's messenger is into Galilee to an insignificant, small, unsophisticated, non-cultured, rural community Nazareth that sits on a hillside overlooking the Jezreel Valley, okay? That's why you'll read in Scripture, people said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Well, because it was, it was you know, <coughs> an insignificant little town, village, really, and Gabriel comes there, and he's, he's going to visit a woman who's engaged to a carpenter. And his encounter with her when he meets her, of course, I mean, like for any of us, when you see an angel, that doesn't happen every day. And she's kind of surprised. And he goes, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. How many would like to hear that? Woo-hoo-hoo. Wow, okay. But his next words are a little shocking to her. And you're going to have a baby boy. You're going to name him Jesus. He will be called the Son of the Highest. Now, Mary, in her surprise and shock, surprising to me, only has one question. Uh, how can this be? I'm still a virgin. Listen to Gabriel's answer. This is amazing. Listen close. Because he goes, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and that boy in you will be called the Son of God. Listen. Listen. With God, nothing is impossible. Don't you love that? Don't you love that? Someone this morning, you need to hear that. Come on, with God, nothing is impossible. Come on, come on. When you got Jesus in your life, you have God living in you. Nothing is impossible. Amen. Come on. Come on. Wow. Wow. I love Mary's answer. It's so humble and so gentle. She just goes, let it be to me as you've said. Wow, that's beautiful, isn't it? And then, and then Gabriel gives her a confirmation. This is his confirming word. And your cousin Elizabeth? And she's thinking, oh, yeah, old Liz. <laughs> she is six months pregnant with a baby boy. What? And so Scripture says she just immediately Travel south. She's got to go see this. I got to see Liz. So she goes. There's another encounter waiting. God just loves unexpected encounters. So she gets there. When she gets to Zacharias and Elizabeth's house there in Moeen, she walks in, and as she says, Hi, Liz. John, in Elizabeth's womb recognizes the Son of God just stepped in. He jumps for joy. Elizabeth is baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now listen, don't tell me life doesn't start at conception. Don't tell me. Come on. You've got, you've got John six months old in the womb, recognizing the Son of God in Mary's womb that is just barely conceived. He's recognizing Son of God just stepped in. Woo! And he jumps. Every woman that's carried a child in the womb knows what that just felt like. Wow. Wow. Wow! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That baby in the womb—that's life. And here's the cool thing: while that baby in the womb maybe has to physically mature and grow, and and in her in the soul, the mind, will, and emotions mature and grow in the spirit that child in the womb in the spirit is as spiritually mature as it will ever be that's why John could recognize Jesus in the womb of Mary come on amen come on amen not being political here I am being morally correct here we have got to pray that our supreme court makes a right decision regarding life in the womb Amen. Wow. So the unexpected is going on. God loves to do the unexpected. And, and it didn't stop there. You've got Jesus going north. He, he, he tells his disciples, they're leaving Jerusalem, and he goes, ah, i got to go through Samaria. Well, geographically, he did not have to go through Samaria. There were really two easier routes to go north you could take the Jordan Valley route. So you go south, you go down 3,000 feet to below sea level at Jericho and then go north through the Jordan Valley, much easier route. Or you could go about 20 miles west to what we would know today as Tel Aviv and take the Sharon Plateau right along the Mediterranean. That was where all the military down through history went, and take that valley north into Galilee by by way of Mount, um, um, Mount Carmel and into the Jezreel Valley and then on up. Or you could go through Samaria, the mountains, all mountains, rugged, going up through the mountain range. I must go through. Why? Because he's going to meet a woman at the well, and she's going to have... That Samaritan woman is going to have an unexpected encounter with a Jewish man, and she's going to meet Messiah, and her life will never be the same again. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> how, about, how about the tax collector, Zacchaeus? Jesus comes into Jericho. He's, he, he, as he's going through Jericho... Zacchaeus climbs a tree just to see this guy who's, who's getting all the crowds around, and he looks at Zacchaeus, Zac, hey, Zac, I want to come to your house for dinner today. <laughs> really? You want to come to a tax collector's house? Really? Okay. When he gets there, the unexpected happens. Zac gets saved And he goes, and by the way, I'm giving all the money back I've stolen. All the money I've stolen I'm giving back. Who would have expected that? Right? Whoa. Hey, how about Mary and Martha and Lazarus? That was kind of unexpected. (laughs) Been dead four days. Jesus goes, where have you laid him? Uh, Jesus, he's been dead four days, and by now he probably stinks. Open (laughs) that thing up. Why? Because I'm bringing resurrection life back to Lazarus. Come on, open it up. (laughs) Unexpected, right? I got to tell you, there's another unexpected encounter that takes place six months after Mary visited her cousin. Get ready. During the six months, when, when Mary stays Mary stays there with Elizabeth and Zacharias until John is born, three months, then she goes back north. Now, so, so she's somewhere three to four months, so she's starting to show, right? Boy, she's got some interesting encounters ahead of her when she gets back to Nazareth. <laughs> well, think about it. She gets back, she gets back to Nazareth, and all of her girlfriends have been waiting for her to get back. They haven't seen her in three months. So you know they're gonna meet at Starbucks. <laughs> and they're all getting ready. And so they meet and they go, uh wow, well, Mary, you've really put on weight. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I I I I I have. Uh Mary, it that doesn't look like just it's like you've been kind of in really enjoying all the food down there. Uh, uh, Mary goes, no, uh, I've got a surprise for you. I'm expecting, and God made me pregnant. <laughs> Try that one off on for size with your girlfriends next time you get together. <laughs> oh, wow, that's going to be interesting, right? What happens during, during the next six months? She marries Joseph, but then in the meantime, the, the Roman emperor declares that a census is to be done and a taxing of the people, and everyone has to go back to the home of their lineage. So that means Joseph has to go back to Nazareth. So he and Mary have to make the journey from, from Nazareth back to Bethlehem, because he is of the lineage of David. So they've got to go back there. Now, that's a 95-mile journey. Easiest trip is going to be through the Sharon Plateau, as I mentioned earlier. They're going to go from the Jezreel Valley, go over, go down, take, take that journey, and go down to Jerusalem, and then to Jerusalem. And Bethlehem is about three, three-and-a-half miles south of of Jerusalem. They got to make that 95 mile journey. And Mary is nine months pregnant. And they're not traveling in a Mercedes or a Beamer. <laughs> Can you imagine, ladies, what that journey had to be like for Mary? Because you're either riding on a donkey, or you're riding on a cart, or you're walking that 95 miles i mean this is not an easy journey they get to bethlehem and as they arrive in bethlehem labor starts and so joseph has to find a place where she can give birth and he goes to the inn and the guy goes no room here bud and and closes the door now we're not told anything else about that innkeeper nothing else about him except he didn't have room in his place I kind of wonder what it's going to be like later for him because Joseph, Joseph only has one place he can find for them and that is a stable that is outside of Bethlehem in the fields of Migdal Eder. Now, this is a whole prophetic story. Some of you have heard me talk about it. I don't have time to go into that this morning. So he takes Mary to the stable, gets things as comfortable as she can. Can you imagine what Mary's thinking in her mind? Are you kidding me? I got to give birth to my first child here in the hay. Are you kidding me? You know, I mean, it's just just it's a crazy scene, right? She gives birth. But listen, think about this. Can you imagine what it is like later for the innkeeper? Because there's another whole scenario of unexpected journey here that's going on because there are some other men in this picture and that is the shepherds there in the fields of Migdal Eder. And those shepherds, they get the news. Now they're doing what shepherds do at night. They've got some watching the flock, some are sitting around the fire, and all of a sudden an angel appears and says, I'm bringing you great tidings of news that you haven't heard about yet. I want you to know this night in the city of David is born unto you a Savior, Christ the Lord. And as he makes that announcement, suddenly the whole sky is filled with a choir of angels, Singing glory to God on the highest, peace and goodwill. Wow. Can you imagine what's going on in the heart of those shepherds? That's amazing. Now, I don't know how they did it, but they somehow made a selection. You guys stay with the sheep. We're going in town. And they went and they found the stable, which wasn't very far away probably, and they found Jesus. Jesus. And they did not stay silent. They filled the city of, well, actually, it's the village of Bethlehem with the news, Messiah is here. Flashback. Innkeeper. (coughs) He missed the opportunity of a millennium. He could have had Messiah born in his place. He didn't have room. I, really? You, you, you couldn't have gone to one of your and go, you know what? We've, we, we've got a situation here. If, could, 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 you, could you give up your room because we've got a woman here and she is, she is in labor. We, really? You couldn't have? Didn't have time. Didn't have, didn't have place. See, here's what I'm wanting you to understand. For every one of us in this room, God has the unexpected waiting for us. The question is, are we willing to receive it? Are, not everyone is willing. Jesus arrives at the area of Gadara. That is the coast of the Galilee region just below the Galan Heights. What we know today is the Golan Heights. If you go down that hillside, down to the coast of the Galilee, that's the region of Gadara. Jesus arrives there. He meets a man that is filled with a legion of demons. And he casts those demons out. The man is now in his right mind. This is the guy who has been terrorizing the village his whole life because he's so filled with demons. But the village is not happy. He casts demons out of this guy, and everyone in the village goes, we don't want you here, leave. Jesus gets back in the boat and leaves. They didn't want this divine encounter. How about the rich man that comes to Jesus and goes, hey, hey, Jesus, I hear about you, and I got a question for you. Uh, How can I have eternal life? Jesus tells him. Jesus tells him how to have eternal life and says, and come follow me. I'm willing to have you be one of my disciples. The guy looks at Jesus and walks away. See, not everyone wants to receive the unexpected encounter that God has for them. How about the church at Laodicea? There being a church and... and, and maybe some of you if, you, if you went to the church of Laodicea today, you might go, this is a really cool church because they had worship. They had it all together. They would, it looked like they were really serving the Lamb of God. But you know what the reality is? Jesus was on the outside knocking on the door saying, can I come in? Would you, would you, would you let me come in and give you a divine encounter? Because I've got an encounter for you. And they didn't want it. We're doing church our way. Don't mess up what we're doing, Jesus. See, not everybody wants that divine encounter. But he has that encounter for every one of you. The question is, will you receive it? See, his divine encounter for you may be like the woman at the well. Hey, man, you've, you've messed it up. Life has been a disaster for you, but I've got new life for you. I want to give you new life. And all you have to do is be willing to receive Jesus into your heart, and he will transform your life. Maybe, maybe for you, it, it, would, it, would, it would be like Zacchaeus. He was an outcast. Nobody liked him. But Jesus loved him and maybe you've grown up in your heart and you have always just felt like I'm a nobody I don't fit anywhere and Jesus is saying to you I've already made you accepted if you'll just receive me I'll make you a son I'll make you a daughter of God you don't have to be an outcast in my in my house maybe for you it'd be it'd be like like the church at Laodicea you know Jesus you love Jesus but he's got more for you maybe it's the baptism of the holy spirit he wants to give you the baptism of the holy spirit and your spiritual language because that's the source of power that will give you strength in your life to to walk with God and serve God with a victory that you've never walked in. And the spiritual language is to help you pray like you've never prayed before. Because when you pray in your spiritual language, the enemy can't interrupt it. Your own brain can't interrupt it. You're speaking in a spiritual language that goes right to God. And man, you talk about getting answers to prayer. Hallelujah. And he's got that for you. But thus far, you've been a little unwilling. You've been a little reticent. And God says, I've got an encounter for you. I want you to have in your life. Maybe for you, it's like, it's like Lazarus. You've just been spiritually dead. And it's just going, it's just, oh, and Almighty God wants to come and give you a resurrection encounter, hallelujah, that sets your life ablaze for God. He has an encounter. The question is, are you willing? Are you willing? Would you be willing this morning? Would you be willing to say to Jesus, okay, Jesus, I'm willing? Would you stand with me? Now, i got to tell you, okay, I'm, 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 being, I'm being less than candid with you if I don't tell you this encounter that God has for you it, it may be a little disruptive into your life, like it was for Zacharias. It was very disruptive to him. And there may be, there may be, there may be Christians and believers around you that would be going, "What are you doing?" That's okay. Let God give you what He has for you. Amen. No matter how disruptive. Come on. Amen. i i I gotta be honest with you what what god gives you this encounter god has for you it may be bring some real challenges with it because others around you may go i don't i don't like where you're going with this have you ever had anybody say to you they said it to me, You're getting so spiritually minded, you're no earthly good. I thought, Are you kidding me? Do you know how many people I've led to Jesus? Because I tell you, when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I witnessed the telephone poles, fire plugs, anything that would stand still. I witnessed to everybody. But man, people were getting saved, and it was fun. It was fun. I mean, God had just wrecked my life. How could I not tell people? Come on, amen. Yeah. But like like for Mary, it 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 may it may be really challenging, you know, when God really encounters you. But man, don't miss it. God has something for you today. We are so blessed that you join us online today.